Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Hey everybody, here we are back again. It's your two dads. We're coming with the real prototypical two dads. I've got myself and I've got a guest here with me. His name is David, and I should have asked this beforehand, meant to, so forgive me if I pronounce it wrong. David Beckemeyer, is that correct? Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, that, that's way better than I usually get because a lot of times people throw in four or five extra syllables and it's pretty much that's it. I, we don't always pronounce the F part, so sometimes I just go with Beckmeyer without the Beckmeyer. Beckmeyer part, but that was darn good. All right. Well, I do appreciate that. I knew if I didn't ask beforehand, I'd get it wrong. And I, well, I know myself well. With that being said, though, he is the host of the Outrage Overlord podcast. And I'm coming in here just as blind as you are, guest. I've, I've known him a little bit in our Yerg's radio group uh, podcast and associated uh, discussions. But beyond that, I'm learning as you are. So uh, go ahead and give us a little bit of a brief origin story there, David. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me on the show. I think this is going to be fun. Yeah. So um, I'm a former tech guy. I was like a tech executive and software developer and in the tech industry for a long, long time. Retired from that and, you know, kind of got interested in this idea. Everybody's kind of stressed out out there and we're, we're losing friends. We're fighting over politics all the time. So I kind of took that on as a thing to go understand a little better. So I started this podcast called Outrage Overload because we're overloaded with outrage. Um, so I started this podcast called Outrage Overload, and I do that. I talk to scientists, researchers, authors, and we kind of look at the science of like, why are we like this? <laughs> and then, then we try to address like, are there some ways we can lower the temperature out there and maybe restore, um, you know, preserve to preserve uh, our country, basically. All I'm trying to do is stop civil, is prevent civil war. So nothing major. <laughs> no, yeah, nothing big. Yeah, and just just the simple stuff. That's I'm totally I'm right behind you. I'm just trying to get dads and veterans to speak at all. So you know we're we're both heading uphill on that one. Uh, with that being said, though, I do you know find that interesting. Uh, I'm learning you know, like I said right along with everybody as far as what your podcast is about. If nothing else, I feel like you're out there kind of trying to cut down on the anger and, and make everybody a little bit happier, maybe a little bit calmer. And that's something that, like you said, we could, everybody could use in their day to day. I, I mean, even I'm sure yourself and myself, uh, there's times where we get uh, irrationally angry uh, over virtually nothing. And uh, it's always good to have, uh, you know, scientific techniques, methods, tips, tricks to, uh, you know, adjust and uh, improvise and adapt and overcome that sort of thing. So if you're out there, listeners, and that does interest you, please do give that a listen and, and check that out and give it you, as many stars as you can, all the stars that they have, whatever it is, five, six, 10, give them all of them and great ratings too. But with that, we will move on into the main topic of discussion here today. In these little bonus episodes, we are talking about something that I myself feel like I might be lacking. I am not hundred percent one way or the other, which is why I'm here talking to other men in uh, various fields, most uh, previous guests, but at the same time, always happy to have someone new's opinion on this topic. 
And that is mental toughness and, and how we might pass that on to our children, how we got that ourselves, just the whole kit and caboodle. So with that being said, we'll start off and I guess we'll make the questions hard right off the bat. Do you consider yourself to be mentally tough? And if so, where did you get that from? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess it's, it's like all humans, you know, we have our good days and our bad days, but, but I would say overall, I think it's something that, uh, I've developed and that, I, that I had, you know, started pretty early. And I think it comes from, from my, my parents and extended family. So my whole community, you know, I had, my mom was sort of generation. She was raised in the, in, in, in the depression era and my grandparents, you know, went through that era as adults and so I think that added a lot of mental toughness to folks and also some empathy and compassion in some ways too. But I think that may be a piece of it that there's some of that background. And also, of course, they had to deal with World War II and all that. And I think some of that maybe plays into it as well. My dad was a World War II vet. So maybe some of that plays into it as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, and I think we've always, you know, my kid would tell you that, and he's not a kid anymore, he's in his thirties, but you know, he would probably tell you that we were super hard on him and probably other people would say, oh, he was spoiled and got whatever he wanted. So probably both those stories have some truth to them and the truth is somewhere in the middle. But, um, you know, we, we always, and I think my wife's the tough one in the family. She's the one who, maybe she's the one who really, you know, throw that into him even more than me. But, um, but yeah, I, I think I carry that trait. Awesome. Awesome to get so complete an answer to a question. Sometimes it feels like, the, you know, I'll, I'll ask something and it's like the first time they've ever heard that question, but you, you got right down to it and, and gave us exactly what we were looking for there. As far as your uh, parents being from an earlier age, I'm, it did cross my mind and I, I wondered what you thought about this. Do you think that mental toughness, that maybe the degree or the, the method to attain it does it, do you think it changes from generation to generation, at least enough to, to be remarked on? I mean, maybe in its essence, it doesn't change, but yeah, I think it changes. I think it changes in how it presents and how you maybe coach it or teach it because, you know, you probably can't do the stuff my grandfather maybe did, did to their kids to get mental toughness, right? Probably not cool. Probably wasn't great then either, but it was certainly socially acceptable uh, to do it then. So <laughs> you, you wouldn't want to do that stuff now for sure. Um, so there's th those, maybe some of those techniques change, but, but, you know, and, and to some extent, you know, I'm always a little bit open to, to, you know, finding that balance between um, harsher, approaches too. like I'm, I'm a little bit old school. I mean, I'm not proposing corporate punishment necessarily, but I, I, I think you can be, you can be tough, tough with kids, even the, even these days. But um, so, so yeah, I, I would say in essence, it feels like it doesn't change that much. I mean, down at the, depending on how far you unpeel that onion. Right. Um, but probably along the ways, yeah, some things change for sure. Okay. So uh, uh, once more, uh, you know, good opinion, good content. I do appreciate that moving a, a little bit sideways more than forward uh, I wanted to get into more of your personal um, techniques I guess when it comes to dealing with stress and I guess putting that mental toughness into action let's say for example you've had just a terrible day you know whatever you know fill in the blank has happened and it's just left you at your wits end how do you you know cope at the end of the day how do you recharge and, and keep things on an even keel <laughs> that's a toughie <laughs> you know um i i think you know it, it is 
kind of a trade-off between sort of solitude and what you can take on on your own and also relying on community and a support system too. I, I think if you don't have any support system, I think you can only do so much on your own. But, but I think, you know, you can obviously try to step back. You can try to do some of the classic, maybe you could say they're cliche-ish kind of things, but some some mindfulness type stuff, some, you know, just slow, slow, slow the breath, try to get a perspective on it and try to seek out some of those basics, you know, like seek out, you know, what, what can I be thankful for here? That there's a big, there's a lot of science around, you know, gratefulness and how that helps you in so many ways. So spending some energy trying to find things you're grateful for can, can help in a lot of ways. And, but then I think it, it does, sometimes you just can't do it all on your own too. Right. So sometimes it does mean maybe you have that sounding board, like, you know what, I'm here's I'm, you're my spouse. I don't want to hear anything back. I don't want any, I want you to give me any help. I just want you to listen for 10 minutes as I rant about this thing. And, uh, you know, and, and I think if you have that support system to somebody in your life that can do that, you know, that's, that's an obligation that you, you, you have to take that side of it as well sometimes, but I think all those things can help, but it can be tough to do that all on your own. So I, I do worry a little bit saying, oh, well, just, you know, buckle up and, you know, buck up and do it all yourself. Because even, even with as much mental toughness as you have, sometimes you need that support system. I think. I do agree. I also agree with your comments about mindfulness and, and gratitude and things of that nature, because that does go a long way. Just Personally, I can attest to that fact. I will use mindfulness to keep myself, uh, you know, in the present as opposed to off on some anxiety ridden fancy about you know, what may or may not be happening tomorrow or last week or next year. So uh, good to know that I'm at least, you know, kind of sort of doing recommended techniques of that sort. Let's see. So well, I'm going to, let me add to that for just a real sec, quick sec, because I think another piece of that, you know, when we talk about that gratefulness thing is, is another piece of that, maybe a different spin is that we are so negatively biased, right? I mean, that's part of our psychology as well, is that we always are looking for the negative. We always kind of want to complain about things. And that's another way to step back to is like, you know, things are like it, overall, I mean, the world in general is pretty good. Obviously some folks have it pretty bad, but you know, for the most part, things have never been this good. And we just take it for granted a lot of the times and things are pretty good out there. They really are. And, and so it's easy to, to just complain all the time. And, and that that's not good for us either. And so putting some of that in perspective, like we should, and, and also like, if you live in this country, we have it pretty good, despite all our complaints, we do still have it pretty darn good, uh, especially in terms of, you know, freedom of the press. And we still have a judicial system that's pretty much independent. And there's some, you know, justice there and this kind of stuff. Like, that's not true everywhere in the world, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like how you said pretty much in some, but at the same time, that's true. Yeah, we, we do have those things to fall back on and to kind of give ourselves hope and, and uh, gratitude that we do have it better than, than we could. And it, it I, I feel like sometimes it is a trope to kind of say things of that nature, but at the same time, uh, it's a trope because it's true. You really do have to kind of, uh, you know, go back to the basics at, at times you know, because it could be so much worse. And I think that here, maybe it's a little bit harder for us. Maybe I've, I've not given too much thought to this, but being in America, being a little bit entitled to certain things, being a little bit biased when it comes to what we may or may not deserve. I think maybe that makes it a little bit harder to take comfort in the fact that I have a home to go to tonight and there's going to be power 
and there's not going to be bombs dropping. And, and like for some people, that's just, it's just not enough. But I think that if, if it can be enough for you, that it, it can be great comfort. Um, moving on to uh, the basis of the show, you know, being a dad, how did you uh, go about, and you can take this as specifically or as generally as you want. How did you go about imparting mental toughness to your to your son uh, or or children? Yeah, I mean, I think you know we had an only, so we were kind of trying to be conscious of that. Like he needs some of that support, uh, some peer support as well, right? So we had him participate in things like scouts, and he really took to that. And I think that was, um, you know, a piece of that. And we, we also, right from the start, you know, my, like I said, my wife's life's life's wife's a pretty tough cookie. And, and then, we had, you know, we took things seriously. Like we, we, we talked a lot about if you, if you're going to do this thing, you're going to make a commitment, you're making a commitment to yourself, but you're also making a commitment to the others in this group. Um, and, and that kind of thing. And, and he bolted onto that pretty quickly and, and, you know, but he, but he would complain, of course, as a kid, it would, wouldn't be a kid if he didn't complain sometimes, but, but, you know, so, but he'd get that reinforcement a lot that, you know, Hey, no, you can't drop out now, you know, you, or you, you know, if you did that here, then, you know, what, what are you going to, how, how are you like that when somebody, you know, maybe draw, does that to you later, you know, and maybe doesn't sh show up for their, for their, their, for their role or whatever, and doesn't do their part. So he had that pretty hard and he would often complain like, well, the other kids do it all the time. Well, yeah, but you're not the other kids. You're not, you're not, you're not the other kids. You're, you're not going to do that. So, I, you know, and I think, so I, I think those were all things like he, do, he wasn't into sports when he was really young yet. I mean, he tried baseball. He tried other ones than that. None of those stuck. Um, and he didn't really get, he did Kempo karate and he did go all the way to his black belt, which was a pretty big accomplishment, but you know, so that was a big commitment and, and he did, did do that. But he didn't really get into it more until a little bit older and he started wrestling. And that was kind of the sport that really, really got him going. And if there's a sport where you need some mental toughness, I would say wrestling is one of the ones up on the list, right? I mean, if you don't know that sport very well, or even if you just watch it casually, it may not look like much is going on, but there is so much energy being spent in that two minutes, you know, or three minutes in that round that it doesn't look like much is going on, but I mean, it's just very intense. You're burning off so many calories in that two minutes, working so hard. And and so of course, in order to do that two minutes, and we, I think, I don't remember the math, but we did this math on this and like for every two minutes in the, every minute in the, in the ring, it was like, it was like on the mat, it was like just hours and hours of practice, right? I mean, it, it was so much practice to get those two minutes on a tournament somewhere. And, you know, and unless you're willing to put in that work, you know, those two minutes on man aren't going to go very well. Right. <laughs> and so, so, I mean, I think that's a bit, that was one place where that really started to shine. And I, and I think, so all that kind of combined, I think we had a strong work ethic in our household. And I think that to me, and, and I may be taking the mental toughness farther than your definition to, I'm not sure we can talk about that a little bit if you'd like, but you know, I, I kind of carry it beyond sports and other things and carry it into, you know, kind of work ethic and, and just, this, you know, your community involvement and how you show up everywhere. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and so, you know, that we, we enforced that pretty hard and, and we, we were lucky. I mean, he, he bought into it. Right. So we didn't have to, you know, we had, we had a kid that was pretty pliable in that regard and, and he has really bought into it. And now, now it's like maybe the, the student has become the teacher kind of thing. I think for a long time, I've probably been learning more from him than I'm teaching him. Right. <laughs> That's how it goes. Uh, so it sounds like it was maybe not something that you sat down with your wife and was like, okay, 
we're going to teach mental toughness and this is how we're, we're going to do it. But at the same time, it was definitely a focus, definitely something that you placed a lot of importance on at certain points, the group sports, the solo sports, uh, things of that nature that really did go a long way toward building a, a good character, uh, a tougher quote unquote character. So I can see where that would kind of benefit. Uh, I, I don't want to, I certainly don't want to th- say make things uh, easier or use the word easy in any fashion, but certainly benefit the, the building uh, of a of a youth's mind. My own uh, situation growing up, I, I didn't, uh, my parents were drug addicts, alcoholics. If you've listened to a couple episodes, you've heard me say this time and again. So I think that my biggest roadblock was that I didn't have anybody really taking that sort of attention in, in what I was going through and, and, and how I was developing. Uh, I've always said that I had to learn how to dad and really how to, how to be a man in general, just on my own, uh, you know, over, over time. And it's left me even to this day kind of lacking in certain areas that I feel maybe uh, mistakenly, but still yet I feel that other men may be ahead of me. So I, I really do feel, I just reinforces the fact that a father is huge importance to a son, a daughter, whoever. And the fact that you were there, that you took an interest, I think that that really did, you know, kind of, uh, that, was, that was half the battle right there. You know, I always say that if knowing is half the battle, then just being there is the other half. So you really did kind of knock it out of the park with that and everything after that you with the the wrestling and and things of that sort you really just kind of reinforced lessons and and messages that you were already imparting um this crosses my mind and i don't know how uh, i guess widespread this is but i did do an interview recently with uh, a gentleman he's an author he's also um, a press secretary in washington so his parenting style might be a little bit different we didn't get too deeply into it but he actually had these uh, recurring, and I won't call them tasks, but they were things that he did with his children as, uh, as they were growing up, where he would tell them, for example, here's $5, right? they would go to the mall and he would say, here's $5, don't come back until you get change. Uh, and, and I would never have thought to do that, but that, that clicked with me because I have this weird like, thing about asking for change. Like, it's hard to explain in the time that we have but I need to be buying something in order to ask for change. So just something that that simple really clicked with me. Did you do anything of that nature with your children or with your son? Uh, I can't think of any, you know, particular um, sort of tasks or, or, or things like that. We probably did that. I'm just not recalling right now, but I don't remember anything specifically like that. So, you know, I want to say in your situation, I mean, one thing you certainly um, must have dealt with, I, I would imagine, in that situation would be, um, you know, certainly dealing with with adversary, but adversity, but you didn't necessarily have a great role model for how to deal with it. So you kind of had to figure that out on your own, it sounds like. Yeah, I always say that my dad's, uh, his advice was terrible. Uh, I don't know why this sticks out to me, but I guess I was thinking about it recently. I remember when he told me, when he was teaching me, uh, once again, quote unquote, about credit and credit cards, he would say, just get one and don't pay the payment. And then eventually they'll stop calling and then you can get another one. <laughs> and that was like serious advice from my father. So yeah, it was, it, it, there was quite a bit of adversity 
to to my upbringing in terms of you know getting myself on the right track it really is kind of uh, admirable i guess if not to toot my own horn that i'm not in prison somewhere because i really did have my work cut out for me yeah for sure i mean if you look at the statistics on that not just your household i don't know what your community was like but that might have been a part of it maybe that helped a little bit but i mean that's a big part of our lives right i mean if even if um you know even in in what they what they're finding now is even even growing up with a, a two-parent family or whatever language we use these days um the if your community doesn't have that very very well even that can be a, a negative impact to your chances of sort of you know doing better later in life so i don't know maybe in your community there was there was others you know that you had a role maybe some role models around you that that were like that i, I don't know well, I did have a, my, my grandmother, my father's mother, that grandmother's, <laughs> it's so many branches, but her ex-husband, he was in my life for the longest time as a father figure. He was always my grandfather, uh, no matter what anybody said. So I did have one male that was a good role model, a, a positive influence. And I really do look to that memory quite often in terms of how I learned to do virtually anything and, you know, as an adult male, uh, whether it be keeping your word or helping those that can't help themselves, these simple things like that. I had things I learned from him. And I really do wonder sometimes without him there, would I have learned those very simple things? Mm -hmm. So this, uh, it, this podcast in a way is inspired by my father, but it's also dedicated to my grandfather. So, uh, you know, that uh, dichotomy is a bit weird, but we are uh, down here to the end and I have pretty much hit all of my, my main points, everything I wanted to touch on. We have that were, were this a longer interview, of course, we would get into more things, but I did want to just uh, do the, this series specifically on mental toughness, because I feel like I said, I might be lacking that probably am lacking it, but I'm learning more and more about why I'm lacking it and how I can overcome it and, and how I can work around it to make sure that my son doesn't suffer from the same lack. And I do appreciate you coming on here and, and giving us your wisdom, a little bit of your story and helping me out, uh, for no reason at all. Uh, we're virtually strangers. So I do appreciate that. And if I can ever do the same in any way, uh, you know, guest on your podcast or whatever the case may be, uh, I will be more than happy to do that. But before we go, did you have anything else to add or anything else uh, to promote? Oh, I, I don't have anything necessary to promote, um, but I would say I would add on, you know, follow up with something you said before, which was the uh, sort of showing up. And people used to always ask me, like, what's one of the biggest things of being being a parent? And I think it is showing up. Right. And that's easier. Like that just still doesn't sound like much. But making time like i i really one of my pet peeves and when people say oh i'm glad you had time to do this thing no nobody has time to do anything you, you make time for it in other words you had to change your priorities around you had to change your schedule around you had to make time for this event so you know i think that's a huge one i mean making time to be there and even if like you say i'm, I'm just there I'm, I'm an idiot i don't know what this topic is about i don't know why i'm listening to this lecture but you know i'm there and i'm here I'm, I'm, and he and he sees me there and that kind of thing right so I think that's a huge one making, I mean, and it's, and like I said, it's making time, it's not having time. And so it's more being there means making that time, which is not easy, right? You have to 
play around with schedules to make that happen and change your priorities. And so anyway, I think that's to, to follow on something you said, I think that's a huge one. I mean, just do that <laughs> you're way ahead of the game, right? Yeah. You, if nothing else, they're going to know that you care. And that's a huge thing. So once again, I do agree virtually with everything you said, it's good to have an interview, however short, where there was never a time where I was like secretly, Ooh, I don't think I don't agree with that. <laughs> so it, was, it was good not to have that run across my mind. Uh, but with that being said, once again, thank you so much, David, for coming here and joining us on YouTube dads uh, and, you know, sharing what you have and, and making us all a little bit smarter. So uh, with that being said, I guess uh, this is Corey and uh, for you two dads, I'll check you later. Okay, let's go to town. Well, we haven't fun or what? I thought we were going to town. Uh, that's as close to town as I like to get.